The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. A teaching that I'm very fond of is <clears throat> from the ancient times. It has to do with after the Buddha died and uh, Buddha's main attendant for 20 years was a man named Ananda. Someone, so after the Buddha died, someone went to Ananda and asked him a reasonable question. And that was, now that the teacher is dead, now that your teacher is dead, who's going to be the teacher now? So who's the successor? And since the Buddha was, you know, pretty highly revered, you know, it'd be interesting to know who the next kind of person in line is, so you can go study with him or something. And so Ananda said, now that the Buddha is dead, uh, our teacher is mindfulness of the body. So you're not the body, it's not exactly like a glorification of the body, but it's a kind of a elevating the tremendous spiritual status or place of mindfulness of the body. And if you practice mindfulness of the body, you have, you know, the next best thing to the Buddha going. That's pretty good. Right there, right close by. Closer than close. So it's mindfulness of the body which is really held up as being important. Body is important, but mindfulness of the body. It's kind of like we have two different bodies. It's, it's that different. We have the body we have when we're unaware of it. We don't have much attention to it, awareness of it. And we have the body that we have when we're aware. We have the breathing that we do when we're not aware of it. And we have the breathing that we have when we're aware. We have the heart that we have when we, our metaphorical heart when we are not aware. And we have a whole different heart when we're aware of it. The factor of awareness in the mix, that when we're aware of it, when things emerge or arise or exist in the field of awareness, of attention, is so radically different than without awareness. And um, so I hope that this day on mindfulness of the body has somehow connected to you, to your body, given you maybe a different perspective of how to be with your body, uh, hopefully supports you in some way. Um, I think of the mindfulness of the body as kind of like the ballast or the keel that keeps everything else kind of steady and even. And, and then on top of the mindfulness of the body, together with it, there is mindfulness of emotions and mindfulness of the mind and mindfulness of the dharmas. And there's a lot of other things to be mindful of as life unfolds. But to do so kind of grounded and stabilizes, stabilized in your body makes everything else a lot easier. So I hope this has been nice. And um, um, as is the custom here, practice here at IMC, <clears throat> at the end of, uh, it's the people who practice here who care for the building. People who practice here who care for the practice facility. And at the end of the day along, what that means is we ask for about seven volunteers to stay about 10-15 minutes to help do some of the basic cleaning that we do. Uh, You know, we clean the toilets, the kitchen, vacuum this floor here, and 
and a few other things, take out the trash. Uh, are there seven volunteers who'd like to stay? And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great. And, um, <coughs> and Jeff is the manager still. And it might be nice to coordinate with him so that then everyone doesn't try to go into the same bathroom to clean it. And um, so uh, anything last, anything that anybody wants to say that uh, would help or ask or we have just a couple of minutes before the 4.30 official ending. Anything that's on your mind that you didn't have? To, yes. Um, so, when you were talking about um, the session, when you were saying, you know, feel what you were feeling in your body, it um, sometimes when that happens, like I, it's it's actually not that bad, but there's something that makes me feel like I have to get rid of it or do something about it, and it's like like when my foot falls asleep, mm. and you said before, you know, it's fine, just leave your foot, but there's something that's like you you must do something about this right now and I, I can't shake that bit. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on that? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that uh, when there's physical pain or discomfort, uh, I think it's a pretty natural impulse within the body or psychophysical system to want to do something about it, to feel like something's not quite right and need to do something. Uh, so that's normal in and of itself. But then it becomes that that impulse is a magnet for all kinds of fears and associations, expectations and demands and ideas that should be different and everyone else must be comfortable. I'm the only one who's, you know, not comfortable and I must be failing in meditation and probably I should have done Sufi dancing instead. And, <laughs> you know, and it becomes a magnet for all this other stuff. So, um, so I think what, it, what it's uh, interesting to do if within reason, I mean, if you're hurting yourself and damaging yourself, don't, you should move. But if, um, is to investigate that impulse and learn to be with it and see if you can, the impulse says I have to move, but uh, you can be equanimous about the impulse and just hold it, just see it, be with it. And then you'll be able to tease apart all the extra stuff, the judgments and the ideas that are extra. And slowly those will fall away and it'll become easier and easier to have an impulse until it's fine to have it and you don't have to act on it. And you have a kind of lots of spacious mind that can just hold it. Make sense? Yes, Morgan. So you mentioned the awareness of different awareness. You mentioned the awareness. Can that also be defined as sensitivity? Yeah, it could be. Um, you know exactly what awareness is, exactly what mindfulness is, exactly what sensitivity is. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm a mindfulness teacher. I don't know what I'm teaching. You know, exactly define it exactly. So there's a range. We have this uh, attentional capacity as human beings. We have a lot of different apparatus in our system to pay attention to the world, be conscious of what's going on. And how we divide up the pie of all the at attention uh, words or concepts, uh, it's a little bit, not, it's not black, it's not, it's not completely, you know, one or the other. And, uh, and so um, I think sometimes... Uh, Sensitivity is very closely connected to mindfulness or awareness. It's certainly a part of it or, or an aspect of it, and uh, it's inseparable from it. So if, if you feel like developing heightened sensitivity is a way of developing greater mindfulness, I think that's great. 
And people who develop greater mindfulness tend to become much more sensitive. Their sensory apparatus tends to become more acute. Is that, is that satisfying enough answer? Yes. Satisfying Thank enough? <laughs> Great. Someone else? Um, I wanted to know if uh, the Satipatthana Sutra is the main one uh, where mindfulness of the body is described, or maybe the only one, or if there are other sources. Because I, I can totally relate to the idea, I think it's so important, and often overlooked in other Buddhist traditions yeah. or practice of the mindfulness of the body. But when I read the Satipatthana, what the Saripatana Sutra says about my from this body, um, I feel a little disappointed. <laughs> like, oh, this is it? And I was curious if there are other sutras where it feels a little mechanical. I don't know. I'm sure it's useful, but... Yeah, it's very, tec- it's very technical, so it can feel very dry. But once you kind of get past the technical lang- language and start applying it and doing it, it comes alive and it can be quite rich. Um, Probably there's nothing else to point you to that is more uh, juicy. <laughs> but um, there, there is uh, there's a set of three uh, sati discourses of the Buddha that have the word sati or mindfulness in it. And uh, what Margarita is pointing to, referring to is one called the, uh, the Discourse on the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. There's also a discourse that's called the Discourse on Mindfulness of the Body or a discourse of mindfulness directed to the body. And that has the same, sec- it has the same instructions on the body as the Satipatthana does, but it has more discussions about it. And it talks about uh, jhanas, uh, concentration states, and they're pretty juicy in connection to the body. And, uh, and then has some wonderful stories and metaphors about the value of being with your body. And then there's the, uh, my, uh, the discourse on mindfulness of breathing, which has 16 stages to mindfulness of breathing, and um, and those have uh, and those are tied to some of those are t- are directly related to or explicitly related to mindfulness of the body. So you can get the whole package by reading those three. But probably you want to read modern writers about it. It's probably you know you know it's not so technical. It's more people applying it. Great. Well, thank you for coming. Also, as the custom in Buddhism, is what's called a dedication of merit. And what it uh, sometimes just done is kind of a ritual and doesn't mean much for people who don't want to know what, know what it is. But what it entails is considering the benefits that you've received from the practice you've done today. Uh, maybe you're a little bit more patient. Maybe you're calmer. Maybe you have more self-understanding. Maybe you're more compassionate or caring for yourself, maybe you're um, more, have greater mindfulness of the body, um, maybe, you know, all kinds of, whatever way you have benefited from this day. And, um, <clears throat> and then consider how you can use those benefits you've received and, and then benefit the world around you. How can you take these benefits, how may these benefits go out into the world to support other people? And it can be as simple and as immediate as when you get out on the streets here and you're around general public, 
how do you drive your car or how do you walk or how do you get on the train in such a way that this uh, makes it nicer experience for the other people there that's supportive for them or you go back to your communities or your family or your work that maybe you're a little bit calmer or maybe you're a better listener maybe you have greater capacity to be present and have compassion for people or or you do them a, you have a little more feeling that yeah with my all the calm I have I think you know I can make someone tea they're not expecting it and bring them tea or do someone a you know, do a good deed for someone. So the idea is to somehow transform our practice. It's not just we do, not stays with us, but it's something that spreads out from us into the world. And the more kind of grand language, ritual language in which it's said, it goes like this, which is kind of, kind of represents an aspiration that, that may this practice that we do really benefit all beings in the most greatest possible way that it can uh, benefit them. So it goes something like this. Um, uh, whatever merit that I have, we have today practicing here, may that merit or that benefit be for the welfare and happiness for all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. May all beings be free of oppression. May all beings be free of danger. May all beings live in safety. May all beings be fully liberated from all afflictions. May all beings be happy. Thank you all.